One, two, three, four. Four, four days. Four days left. That's it. Four days left to get our Maps Anywhere giveaway. This First is time you, we've ever done this. We've never done this. You enroll in the RGB Super Bundle. That's Maps Anabolic, Maps Performance, Maps Aesthetic. Nine months of exercise programming. Get on our forum, which you'll get for 50% off, and we will give you for free Maps Anywhere. That's our workout program that's programmed without any exercise equipment whatsoever. Again, nine months of exercise programming with the forum. That's the RGB bundle, and you'll get Maps Anywhere absolutely free. There's only four days left. This promotion will be closing out this month. Check it out, mindpumpmedia.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Remember when he's on the plane and uh, he's like, he the, 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 the bad guys, like they, they set up a bodyguard with him and they're like, you're going to fly over here and do whatever. I don't remember what he was supposed to do. And they stole his, you know, they kidnapped his daughter as yep. ransom. So he's sitting on the plane. Then he like bends over to do something. He comes up and he fucking elbows the dude and knocks him out and then puts a coat over him. And the, the, the plane uh, stewardess comes over and she's like, what's the matter? And he goes, oh, please leave my friend alone. He's dead tired. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What is that? What is that from? Dead tired. Commando. Commando. Oh, that's yeah. great. I was like, why does that sound so oh, familiar? It's, a great movie. it's one of the, it, Commando has one, if you haven't seen Commando, uh, you need to watch it because it's got one of the most ridiculous well, fight scenes you've ever seen in your entire wasn't life. Wasn't there one moment where he was like holding a guy off a cliff and he's like, he kept hanging around yeah. or something stupid like that. <laughs> this is my weak arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then he throws, uh, at the end of it, he throws the bad guy, like the main dude, like through this like steam pipe, which then likes blowing steam through at the end. Uh, yeah. And he's like, let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> Had to let off some steam. <laughs> See, can we please? I can we when, when uh, can we bring that back uh, in movies? Well, you can, the, the studio the studio is almost done, and when it's all done, right? We have everything that we need in there as far as the stuff that we need you to work. You want to make shitty movies? I want to put yeah. a big ass TV in there, dude. I want a big ass TV up on that thing because how cool would it be? On like a off weekend, the kids come down, everyone's hanging out, we're doing our thing. We got Commando pull like full like on the big. Yeah, I don't show. think my kids can watch that. <laughs> Too much for them? <laughs> yeah. yeah I love hey, kids, have a seat. We're going to watch We're, Predator. Yeah. It's a great movie for children. And what, 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 I'm trying to remember how old I was when I watched Predator. How old were you? Fuck, man. I, I was, was pretty young. I watched. I must have seen Predator. Maybe like sixteen, a hundred thousand no. times. Fifteen? No, we were before. It was before teen. So? Year. I was thinking like twelve. Dude, Predator's uh, got some of the best one-liners ever. Yeah, ever. It's so good. That's oh. the get to the chopper. And then what's his name's on there? Jesse Ventura. Yeah, he's uh, he's you know one of our, he's like he's the dude with the like the mini machine gun or the mini gun or whatever. What happened to Jesse Ventura? I mean, after he. Oh fuck! He's a uh, lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he where, what uh, what state was he? Minnesota. Uh, he was Minnesota's governor. I think he's in Mexico. So Somewhere. Dude, he's yeah. a, he's like a hardcore conspiracy theorist stuff. Yeah, if you read yeah. those, he's years wearing those. like aluminum foil on his head. Yeah, really. Yeah, because yeah. well, I mean, remember he was making his whole run into politics, and it was a big deal. And then all of a sudden, he we, got in too deep. Really, he, he yeah. realized everything's fucking corrupted. When did that happen? I don't re- even remember like that transition. He's just if you if you Google some of the stuff, you're just like, whoa. I'm going to now. That well, makes- it's because he started out. He brought he had that show conspiracy theory, yeah. and I watched it. It was hilarious. He would bring all these crazy people on there, and then I don't know, maybe that just uh, convinced him. Kim trails are real. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's a little. He's a little. But he's extremely entertaining. And on Predator, he was. Oh, he was the man. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're cut, man. You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting my entire life to say that, and it still hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting for that moment to happen where I get hurt. 
I'm bleeding. Everybody's concerned, and then I can reply with that. You know what? Though? I got time to bleed. They everyone's everyone's gonna be like, bleed. "That's one of those things that, that happens." And then yeah. after the fact, you go, "Fuck, that was my chance. I forgot to say." You know that. why? Because <laughs> you're all caught up in the moment. Well, because if I got cut and I was bleeding, the last thing I would be thinking is that I have no time. Oh yeah. The mm. first thing I'd be thinking is, "Fuck, I'm bleeding." <laughs> It would never work. No. But in the movies, it works. You wouldn't be that witty. Adam, I'm so happy you're back. Did you guys miss me? Yeah, because, I mean, it's not as handsome in here without you. It's not as handsome. No, it's not. It's just not. It's not as Well, of course, I leave. It's Uh, handsome. Don't get me wrong. Justin, don't be offended. Stop it. It's just not as handsome. Do you understand how challenging this was for me? Because (laughs) I'm leaving on a trip, which I haven't done in a very long time. And one of the things that is always important to me, and balance is very important. It's very important that... Especially when uh, I've been with this woman for over six years and she does everything uh, for me by my side, like puts up with all my shit. I feel like we agree every every once in every once in uh, in a while, you know, we do a trip like this. And I always promise her, like, you know, this is where you get all of me. You know, we leave on a trip. The phone goes away like I'm not I'm not in work mode. I'm completely present. And of course. We fucking get to Hawaii, and we've been doing this for what two, two, two a little over two and a half years now, and we're fucking number one. Yeah, you asshole! Number, I to party. Number one in the fucking world in fucking health and fitness for podcasting, and you know how hard that was for me to not. And you know it was cool. She was obviously very cool about it. You know, yeah. so that's why I was able to communicate with you guys. And I did you guys still celebrate went. over there or something? Uh, yeah, we did a little bit. Um, but I really, I really wished I was here. You know, I wanted to be here with you guys. And well, and, you know you. You guys, you and Justin have taught me a lot uh, since I've been working with you. One of the things you've taught me is to like pay attention to the signs and how things work out. And you guys talk about how, you know, like mysterious things will happen. And it's really weird. You left and we hit number one. So I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Interesting how things work out. So weird. Yeah. Maybe you should leave uh, again. Uh, so no. that's, I'll just extend the trip for a week. I don't no, have a problem with no. that for don't sure. Don't fucking do that. Like I said, we need the handsome factor. Yeah, no, it was we need uh, the body. We got it the was, brains. Yeah, Voltron needs a face. Yeah. It was a great, a great district. trip. It was beautiful out there, but it was it was challenging uh, with everything going on here. I mean, it, this is something that we've all worked so fucking hard for for the last couple of years, and I feel like we are finally. In a position where it is this, you know, it's uh, it's exciting now. You know, well, it's like recognition. You know, it's like I don't know. I guess for me, it's a lot of people that don't really pay attention until you're big daddy on top. You know, and it's like once you reach a milestone like that, it's nice to just be like, yeah, we just did that. Well, being on being on Ben's show gave us a huge boost because we we what Definitely. we la- what we're really bad at. Uh, Mind pumps uh, does some things really bad, and one of the things we're really bad at is getting exposed. And I don't mean in the like show we're off good our, at that part. show off our junk yeah, 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 uh, exposed because yeah, yeah. we're good at that. I'm talking about we're not good at exposure on uh, when it comes to social media or, or you know. And so being on another podcast, you know, introduced us to new new people. They heard us, they liked us, they came over. And now they now they listen to the show. I've gotten quite a few messages from some of Ben Greenfield's uh, fans. And so if you're listening right now and you heard of you you listen to us now because you heard us on Ben Greenfield, welcome. It's going to get yeah, much thanks. worse from here. Yeah. Uh, do you think yeah. it's something that we're bad at, or do you think we just have a different philosophy? I feel like we have a different philosophy about things. I feel like no. I think if we, I think, I think it would be better if we got more exposure. I just think we're just yeah. But we, you, you know, we are. This is what there's we are give and take in everything that you do. So if you spent most yeah. of your time, you got to put in your time. Is how I look. at yeah, it. Yeah, and you know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you know what? I, you know what I remind what we remind me of. It reminds me of that kid. Who's like, uh, you know, everybody's like, dude, check out this new band. They're so good. And the kid's like, 
fuck that. Everybody likes that band. I'm not like we sometimes <laughs> don't we break the rules because they're rules. Like we see what people like. This is what you're supposed to do to grow Anarchy. your podcast. And we're like, fuck you. We're gonna do it differently. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I like it. that though. Yeah, yeah I mean, I yeah. like I like that though. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. I you know, and the, I have so many podcasts that I listen to. We all do, right? We all have our our favorite five or six uh, podcasts or so that we all listen to. And you know, none of them keep me hooked all the time because it, there's always guests, 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 guests. Oh guests. yeah, lots. Because that's the formula. The formula is be on a show, get someone on your show constantly be doing that because it's just a numbers game if they've got 50,000 people even if you're the worst podcast ever you're gonna get one percent of those and it's just I don't like that formula well you know what you you make a good point because uh and you know we do have a lot of listeners that are um in the business of fitness and trying to grow their brand through social media which uh that's just the reality of today you know if you don't utilize social media properly um you're missing out quite a bit just part of the business now and you make a very good point uh, you know, we're taught that it's a numbers game, right? Just get the followers, just get lots and lots of followers. But there is a quality that Absolutely. you're missing when you're just doing that because you could have a page, uh, an Instagram page with just ten thousand or fifteen thousand followers, but they're but you provide really good content. They're really connected to you. That you know, there's lots of comments, lots of interaction. You have more of an impact than if you just had. You know, three hundred thousand followers that aren't really that. You know, they're not that deeply connected to you. They don't really give a shit that much. And you see that I think a lot of times with, uh, you know, there are I'm, there's certain podcasts out there, um, you know, who just grow because they're on other people's shows, but they don't necessarily have a big impact. And I think we we have uh, we have some really good fans. Uh, well, we get is, a lot of interaction with them. And right? this is why I think there. I mean, there's some of those that are listening that care. Like I'm, we have some. Sorry, I apologize fans. for people who don't give a shit about podcasting and have any desire to get into business like that or get into any sort of a social media business. But there's something to be said about you know f- that's what we did. We focused on the the content and perfecting the craft and and learning that. So it's such a new. Social media, especially for us guys, right? I mean, we—if you were the uh, the generation below us, right? A little—I think you come out. Yeah, you kind of grow up with it. You grow up more. with it, so you're a little more savvy. Um, it was something that we had to to, to learn, and then not only do we had to learn it, the, how to, how it works, but then also how to utilize it as a as a tool for business because that's not how we did business growing up. So, I think uh, there there's something to be said about about that. We have so many friends that have a quarter million to a million followers that are connected to them. And like you said, you have a, a page that's, you know, roughly 11,000 people on it, but the activity and uh, content that's going back and forth and communication with the people on there, uh, it blows away most of the pages that I've seen that have a million people on it. So, and then when you're trying to make it into a business, I mean, that's really, that's really what matters. Well, I think the, the, the business is the, is the side effect. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about how, uh, the way you look is a side effect of your health. Uh, you know, so if you're just constantly focused on looks, um, you're never really going to get there. But if you focus on health, then you'll look the way you want because healthy looks good. The same is true with with good business. Excellent analogy. And if you focus on what's important uh, with business, then you'll get the business. But if you just focus on you know pushing numbers all the time, but don't focus on the important stuff, you may grow initially, but you'll eventually run into problems. And there's lots of companies out there that are great examples of that. Uh, we talked about shreds many, you know, mm-hmm. episodes ago. That's a great example of that. They, they didn't focus on the quality. They didn't focus on, no. it was all about just growing, growing, growing their brand. And then they fell apart, um, because they didn't focus it's on those. It's the house things. of cards. It's, it's this big, beautiful structure that 
is empty inside. There's no yeah. value to it. Yeah, it, and you know, I, I would, uh, I tell you what, man. Uh, I, I mean, our message seems to be resonating. I think with people, people are kind of ready to to hear some of the stuff that we're we're saying. It's not revolutionary. That's the other thing too. It's not <laughs> we're sitting here. It's just right. It's just like you know, old like truth that like people haven't heard in a while. You know, it's like just bringing it, resurrecting it. Really, I never thought. I never thought it's like the reboot when we started Mind Pump that saying stuff like focus on health and longevity would resonate so strongly among bodybuilders. Like I'm getting messages from bodybuilders are like, man, you're right. Like that's mm-hmm. what I need to focus on. I'm like, whoa. Well, I never thought you would I think a that. lot of them get into it real similar to like I did. You get into it because you want to take yourself to this level of, of health and fitness because you mm-hmm. pair those together, right? When you, th- most people, when they think fitness, they think health. Sure. When you, and when you look at the cover of a magazine and you see somebody super ripped and shredded, you think, wow, they must be really healthy. Yeah, right. That's the assumption that you have. So, you know, when you get in there and you start and you get and you hire a coach and you start competing and you start going through training and you start realizing how how you feel as you go through that, yeah. you start to go like, wow, yeah, this, this is healthy. Yeah this, yeah, this this doesn't add up or like, man, maybe I don't want to look like that. Like or how does he or she do that all the time? If they look like that, do they really live like this all the time where they just preach balance the whole time and they're way out of balance? Yeah. So I think that's why it's resonating with so many, which you know, I remember when I went through it with you guys, and I was like, "You guys, you guys, got this fucked inside of the business is fucked up." Like we we knew that <laughs> we knew the industry needed help before bodybuilding. Like that yeah. wasn't even that was a whole, that's just a whole other piece. Like just the 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 industry in general when it just comes to supplements and and magazines and all the information that's in all the social media fucking you know fitness icons that are out there, all the bullshit that's out there. We knew there was so much of that. And so much that uh, people just didn't understand or were getting uh, sold the, the wrong information. And then we dive, then I dive into the bodybuilding thing that, oh my God. And these are the people that everybody looks up to and thinks like these are the fucking fitness, oh, yeah. fitness gods and gurus. It's like, well, my, it's funny because it couldn't my, be further from the truth. Well, yeah. And in, in my own evolution, as we've done the show, um, has it's continued and continued. And for the first time in my life, I can say 100%, my goal and my priority is not has nothing to do with my appearance it has nothing to do with uh you know maxing out with my lifts it has nothing to do with any of that for the first time in my life mm. now for a long time being healthy mobile feeling good uh has been bumping up you mm-hmm. know towards that it's been kind of bumping up and almost trading places but my pri- it's always been like I like to be strong I like to look a certain way and then very close second was health and you know and longevity mm-hmm. for the first time in my life they flipped and as a result, and I fucking it's funny, you could preach it all day long, but until you experience it, you don't you don't really know. Yeah. For the first time in my life, health and longevity are the only goal or the the number one goal. And what's what's the result of that? I look better. Better performance. I'm leaner and I'm performing better and I'm yeah. blown away, dude. Like it is crazy. Dude, I'm tripping out. It's like I'm walking around very lean and normally to be this lean I have to focus on being lean in the past it was like I was cutting I was watching my food I was really okay I got to stay at 7% body fat or whatever I don't even look at that anymore it just happens yeah it's so weird it's so crazy and as much as I preached it I didn't really 100% follow it because uh, your own ego your own uh, perception of things is so uh, it's so inside of you. It's so uh, insidious that you don't even realize it until you're out of it. Once I came out of it and I look back, I'm like, I thought I was, 
I thought I was doing everything right before. I had the right perception before, and and now I realize I I didn't like I didn't see those things. Yeah, but I don't want what, what I don't want to do, and I always have to to check you when you go this route. Of is course. that you are an anomaly when it when it comes to this? Like so, and you have you've been doing this for a very long time, and it's and you're very self aware and emotionally intelligent. So to take you to get to this level, it took a long time. Dude. Yeah, and and I don't want to experiencing no- both extremes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to knock people that uh, no, no, that I- have goals or chase PRs or do things like that because there's a part of that that I enjoy that I think is okay and I think uh, but what I, I think is important to understand is that there there is an evolution to it there is yeah. an understanding that you know of uh, self-awareness like why am I doing all this what is the point of all this and well it's just interesting I think too like you know just from that perspective of, of understanding that like tapping into this frequency you know and really getting in tune with your body you know at a higher level like, wow, why aren't we focusing on that? Why, why aren't we trying to strive to achieve that, you know, and what that looks like? And I think that that might be something that you're slowly starting to really tap into, Sal. And I think that's why it's, you know, you're getting passionate about I'll, it. I'll tell you what, if, you, if you're listening right now and you stick to fitness uh, consistently and eating right consistently and always trying to learn and always paying attention to your body and grow, eventually that's the point that you'll start to get to. It takes time though. But my point is you'll progress and I don't mean just your body will progress. I mean your understanding of your body and your understanding of things will progress. So it's just something you can look forward to. But I tell you what, I haven't been this, I've always loved exercise. I've always loved nutrition. Okay, I've never lost uh, my love for it. But the passion that I found for it now, it's equivalent to the passion I had when I first got into fitness. Like the first time I remember walking into a real gym because I started lifting weights at a young age, but I lift weights in the, in the backyard. Then I went to a gym for the first time. And I remember that feeling of going in and seeing like, holy shit, like look at these machines, look at this equipment. Like it was this incredible feeling of excitement and newness. And it was just, it was a, a wonderful thing. And over the years, you still love it, but you kind of lose that because you're used to it. You know, I've been in so many gyms. I've been in, I've worked in gyms or whatever for the first time since then I'm getting that feeling again like I'm walking and I'm super I get this this strange not strange this very familiar passion that I used to have before and it's this next phase and you know for those of you listening you just stick to it and continue to try to grow with your understanding of your body and how things are working and you'll find that you'll continue to reignite your passion for what you're doing it, rather than the opposite you won't get bored you won't get mm-hmm. you know stagnant and then stop if anything you'll You'll reignite and find yourself progressing more and more and more to the point where, you know, I work out and eat uh, in such a way that I wouldn't have been able to do five years ago because it would have been too difficult. But now it's like second nature. It's pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. So, <sighs> but oh shit, it's oh, oh, back. Hey. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First question is from jmac384. What do you think about the e-cig and vape trend? Oh, God. What are the health implications? Vaping. Vape me, my friend. Yeah, do that. I, I, you yeah. know, I don't even know if I want to respond to this. Vape I feel like I'm going to offend a bunch of people. No, okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Uh, here's the thing. When you're inhaling 
uh, the vapor from these vape pens that come with these oils, whether it's cigarettes. We'll talk about tobacco, right? These tobacco vape pens. Is it healthier than tobacco? Well, we know tobacco smoke is bad for you. We know what's in there. We know it's very bad of for course, you. Of course, and burning the wrapper and yeah. the flame, butane we know the that. flame, of course. What's in the e Unfortunately, Unfortunately, what's in the e-cig, we don't know much about either because the solvents that are used, the things that are put in there to keep it you know, mm. liquid, that allow it to burn, that whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthier because it's vape. When you look at studies comparing vapor to smoke that show that vapor is much healthier. What they're what you're what they're doing is they're vaping the actual plant. Uh, they're vaping flour, for example, or vaping tobacco, not the oil that uses the solvent that you know with the chemicals that are in there. So that's the thing you want to look at. Like uh, when it comes to cannabis, for example, you can vape cannabis either through oils that where they use solvents and all kinds of other chemicals. You don't know what's in there. Versus you can actually get the flour, use something like a volcano that just heats up the flour. Uh, doesn't add anything to it, doesn't burn it, but heats Way it up to, to boil it. off the vape. That's that's totally different. So, what are the health implications? I just think it's another form of smoking, and we don't know what's in the e-cigs. Do I think people should be able to smoke them? Yeah, I don't think they should be illegal. You want to vape? Fuck, you know, go for it. But is it better than tobacco? In some ways, maybe. In other ways, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know enough to to really comment. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I don't think any of us do. I mean, we don't have. It's only been around for what, maybe five years yeah. now, somewhere around there. I remember when they hit the market uh, for, for the cannabis industry. So when we had the cannabis clubs, uh, they came. They came in, and uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was awesome for cannabis. So for cannabis, um, you know, trying to make that uh, as healthy and as, as possible, especially since there we ha- we know that there's some benefits to using cannabis uh, tobacco. There's no real benefits to tobacco. I mean, the studies that have shown tobacco, uh, any sort of benefits to it whatsoever are so minute and it's they have been negated by all the shit that you get from it. So uh, to just to get it, switch it over to vaping right now and not knowing what uh, what it does or the implications from that. I'm, I'm not a fan. And I don't like things like that that I see like it's turning. It, it reminds me of uh, how people were smoking 20 years ago, where it's just like it's the cool thing to do. It's right. Like, yeah. Everywhere I go, I see these people blowing on it's these. It's like sucking a robot dick. It does. It looks look, like it does. <laughs> there's nothing. no. Yes. And yes. I know this is so wrong to say, but like you just you look cooler smoking a cigarette. You really yeah. do. Yes, you do. Yes, you look like a fucking cowboy. You do. Yeah. You, exactly. You look versus like, sucking a robot. You dude. look so much you look like a cowboy with emphysema. You know who's you know who uses those is all those fucking hipsters you talk about, Justin. That's yeah. who, that's who yeah. smokes those things. All the same the same dudes with a beard, the big the big old yeah. beard and shit, and then they can't change a tire on their car, but then yeah. they're sucking on their vape pen. Like you know this. why they do that? That's what I envision, right? A lot, like, I'll tell you why vape pens are popular. It's not because of the health. It's because because right it doesn't, Prius. It's because it doesn't smell. It doesn't smell mm. like cigarettes. That's oh, why. Yeah. And you know the, the, the society has made. You know, at one point cigarettes were cool, and then now they're gross, and so yeah. nobody smokes cigarettes. But here, here, I will say something. It's that's, a good point. I would much rather be around somebody. Okay, smoking yes. that So let me backpedal. Let me backpedal. Yeah. If you were, if you're somebody who was already a heavy smoker and you made the switch to this, I kudos to you, yeah. because I think. There is enough out there. To, I believe it's probably better. How much better? I don't know how much better. But I think it's a little bit better than the choice of smoking cigarettes. And even if it's not a better healthy choice for you, it's better for the rest of us that I got to sit next to you. So okay. if you're somebody who was already a major smoker, you made the switch over to the vape pens. Kudos to you for maybe heading in the, the right direction. Well, there's been a couple studies on vape pens and when they're being used to help people quit uh, smoking cigarettes. 
and they've been uh, the results have been pretty good. Like people who go to a vape pen with the intention of quitting cigarettes uh, is are far more effective than using something like a nicotine patch. Or, okay, or nicotine so there gum. you go. So because that- they still get that that sensation of bringing the cigarette right. to the mouth, sucking it in, and, and get, they also get that frequent. Here's the thing. And I get that because I'm a joint smoker. I would rather, I, you know, and I know that it would be much healthier for me to whip out my big old vaporizer and vaporize, but I enjoy that. There, I mean, there's there's studies on that also, yeah. right? The whole the, the- Well, so, they, so here's the thing. When you're giving your body something uh, that produ- produces a, uh, you know, not favorable in the sense of for your health, but a feel-good effect, the shorter lived it is and the faster you can get it, the more likely you can become addicted. So in other words, I smoke a cigarette. The effects that I feel from it mm. are very short lived, but I can get those effects very quickly uh, by sucking on a cigarette. The, the, one of the fastest ways uh, to absorb, to utilize any uh, compound is through the lungs. Uh, inhaling something will hit your brain very, very quickly. And so it's like this perfect storm, which is one of the reasons why cigarettes are so addictive it's well, also why people can get addicted to joints and yeah. not edibles you know i noticed saying? too like they made sure to manufacture in those mechanisms that give you that addictive sort of uh like it clicks like so meaning that oh like, the feel and everything the feel the the light that comes on like it's the you know the amp the ember that that glows like you know and, and they try to make it so it's like it's same kind of an experience because people get addicted right. to the ritual of it now yeah. i'm going to say some com- some real controversial stuff but it's completely backed up by science uh nicotine the chemical nicotine th- that we know is the reason why cigarettes one of the reasons why cigarettes are so addictive on its own, uh, and if you don't believe me, you can look this up yourself, nicotine itself has proved to have some beneficial effects for the brain. Uh, they're finding it be they're finding that it can prevent or reduce the effects of Alzheimer's dementia and may and has some neuroprotective properties. It is a mental stimulant and it is even considered a nootropic by many people. In fact, some people will chew nicotine gum. Uh, to give them a mental boost before uh, hard cognitive tasks. That being said, nicotine is also so extremely. Going to try that now. It's well, sure. That, <laughs> I'm that, so going to try that. <laughs> yeah. That well. That being said, well, nicotine is another also, form of stimulant. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's and like it, you get that from coffee, or you get that from you know Fedra or whatever else you're trying. Yeah. To get. It's got some 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 interesting brain health effects, but it's also very addictive in the in the sense that once you stop using it, you get this withdrawal. But uh, there's some science going on right now, some studies on how it can uh, help prevent things like Alzheimer's or treat Alzheimer's or, or brain disorders. And I was just listening to a Smart Drug Smarts episode on nicotine, and they were talking about how it could be used as a nootropic. Oh, Jesse just covered this, huh? Yeah, they did. They did a whole episode on it. But it was funny. I was familiar with it before because I remember I was on some forum, and we, and they were, we were talking about the health detriments of tobacco. And someone came on there and said, hey, not all the things in tobacco are bad. Nicotine's got some positive. And I'm like, what? And then I, I went and did my own research. Say what? I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, there's pretty crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, listeners, don't go get, you know, nicotine <laughs> now just because I said that. Just research it for yourself. It's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, you just got to make it in powder and snort it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Version 20.16. What's the difference between being inflamed and sore? That's good. That That's is a good, good one. That is a good question. Both of them are a inflammatory response uh, in the body. When we use the term inflamed, we're typically, and when you hear the term inflamed, typically it's uh, it's referring to some kind of acute damage that's mm-hmm. not intentional. Like I hurt my elbow, so it's inflamed. Not like I, I worked out my bicep and it's sore. So it wasn't unintentional or... 
we're referring to systemic inflammation. Like my body feels inflamed, mm -hmm. which is uh, a result of, can be a result of poor diet, right. disease, uh, lack of sleep. For example, I know myself, uh, there are certain foods, uh, dairy uh, is one of them. Uh, if I eat lots of foods containing lots of gluten, I'll notice this. If I eat lots of sugar, I'll notice this. Or I'll eat them and later that day or the next day, I'll feel more inflamed throughout. Like I won't be as flexible. I will feel stiffer. I'll, my joints will, won't feel as good. And so I'll feel inflamed uh, in general. So there is a systemic inflammatory response uh, that can get a little out of control um, from things that you may do um, and you don't want them. That being said, inflammation is an important signal in the body. So you don't want to eliminate inflammation. If you completely eliminated the inflammatory response, you'd be a very sick uh, individual. It's very necessary. Well, it's also part of the adaption piece to, right. to muscle growth right. too. Mm -hmm. So it's an it's an important piece. I wouldn't you. Okay, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong too. Like part of that inflammation is that it's the body sending fluid to there to recover it and repair it. Right. So if you've done so if you have some sort of damage that you've done in that area, uh, the body is wanting to send fluid, send stuff that way. So you get this kind of inflamed or. Yeah, it's sending it's sending okay. inflammatory markers that are going to uh, cause s swelling is one of the things that can happen. But it's literally, mm -hmm. like you said, it is bringing things there that are needed to repair uh, that area, which is why there's studies that show using ice, for example, uh, using ice, a lot of ice to to reduce swelling and inflammation might actually slow down the healing process. Hmm. They're finding now in some mm -hmm. studies like there's certain... Doctors and you know specialists that are saying you probably better off not icing except for extreme situations. Really? Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, how about the loss of uh, like you know how it gets super stiff and you lose range of motion? Like because I've I don't know I've had people like in both camps of that as far as like physical therapists talk about like you know maybe not applying ice right away or, or, or applying ice to, to reduce swelling so you, you gain mobility yeah. you know quicker uh, versus you know so that way you can go through range of motion and get proper fluids and, and all that through movement versus you know just kind of uh, going through the process of the swelling and, and allowing that so I think there's a trade off well, we did we talked okay we talked about this a little bit before someone asked a similar question and I think the the answer that we gave, and I, it stands true with this, is that if it starts to hinder or impede on your your performance or your workout following out thereafter, then it doesn't matter if the leaving it alone is better or not. For example, like if I uh, I'm an athlete, I'm a basketball player, uh, just played a, a professional game. My knees are inflamed like crazy and mm. swollen. Oh yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And I got a game two days from now. Yeah. And so it's more performance driven, you know, where you need these type of movements like uh, rapidly. Yes. This is where, yeah, that, that is an answer to, to suppress, you know, the swelling and allow more movement versus going through a longer process and maybe gaining. Uh, a exactly. Result. Right. So and now if I now let's flip it back. Let's say I don't have a game. Let's say I'm done for the season. I don't have anything for the next you know, two weeks before I have to do, or even a week even that I have to do anything else. So maybe allowing the body to do its own process and recover, adapt, grow, strengthen uh, would be more beneficial slightly. But icing it would hinder that just a little bit. But if I don't have a game to perform, then maybe not using the ice. But if I have a game or I have to come back and hit the weights hard again in a day or two, I would think that yeah. the, the well, icing and would... the, and on the flip on the uh, the more like average person side, you know, let's say you're not an athlete, you're not you don't need to go perform. 
and your knees are swollen. Um, you're, there's a trade-off. I can ice my knees, which will allow me to do mobility work, which mm-hmm. may speed up my healing, mm-hmm. or I cannot ice and let the inflammatory process speed up the healing. Which one is better? It's a toss-up. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like when people talk about the ice dips, you know, like after a workout, what if I go in an ice bath? The ice bath reduces the inflammatory markers, which may be bad in terms of sending the adaptation signal. However, it also may allow you to work out harder, which may send a louder signal to begin with. So it's one of those, there isn't a clear answer. I think you have to kind of weigh well, it you out. Might, you might be creating bad recruitment patterns by you know going through that process instead of the mobility. You know what? It's a That's a very good point. Like if I have inflammation and I'm trying to go, let's say I'm given exercises by my physical therapist to correct uh, shoulder impingement. And I'm going to the gym and I'm doing you know these movements and my shoulder hurts and I'm trying to do the movement. Perhaps the ice will alleviate enough of the pain and inflammation to allow me to get better movement, which will give me a better recruitment pattern, which is which would be better than than allowing the inflammation to do its job. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to heal faster, even though I may be reducing inflammation where I might need some of the inflammation. So it's one of those things you got to kind of. Well, to me, it's I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little obvious because. We weren't sports, uh, weight, all these things are stresses on the body. Uh, and if you're just talking about moving everyday stuff, that that's different. Like you're comparing two different things. Like in most people that are getting that inflamed, that sore or, or having those issues are trying to compete or trying to or trying to work out every single yeah. day and grow or whatever it is they're trying to do. Uh, which those things are not uh, what exactly we evolved to do. Mm-hmm. We do not evolve to go in a gym and, you know, hammer weights for an hour. We did not evolve to get on a basketball court and play basketball for an hour, you know, five days a week. Like that wasn't part of our, our evolution as humans. So these, these are all stresses that we, we put on the body. So, of course, it, they're already not an ideal s- scenario. So, yes, the ice is, is kind of like crutching that. So it'll allow us to continue to do that. If we weren't doing any of those things, allowing the body to take its natural course seems like the obvious thing because we have those systems in place. It can. To adapt, recover, and move on. It can, but sometimes I think people think, uh, you know, here's the toss-up. I'm inflamed. Is it going to improve my recovery to lay here and not move? Mm. Or is it going to improve my recovery to move uh, and do mobility work or whatever? Depends on the injury. Depends on the inflammation. Like, I'll give you an example. I've now, and it's funny how I got to keep learning these fucking lessons like over and over again. And it's like I forget them and I got to keep learning them. My pronator teres on both arms. This is a muscle that uh, pronates the hand. It feels like it's underneath the bicep. Mm-hmm. Has been very sore for a while. One of the reasons why it's been sore is I have been practicing a hook grip on my deadlift, and I've been going heavy. And my hands are just not. My arms are not used to being in that little, that more of a pronated position because when you hook grip, your hands tend to your hands tend to pronate a little more, a little bit more, and then lift you know four or five hundred pounds. So I've been be, I've been sore. So my response has been to do less of that work to try and let it rest. And that works to a certain extent, but but it, it's not as effective as what I just recently did was I went into the gym, I got a pair of dumbbells, I bent my arms at 90 degrees, and I worked on pronation, which hurt like a son of a bitch. And I went real light, but mm. I took that muscle mm-hmm. that hurts and I, and I moved it and yeah. I moved it and I moved it with a little bit of resistance mm-hmm. and it hurt like crazy and it didn't feel good. And then I stretched it and lo and behold... I'm getting dramatic, you know, uh, recovery. So I think a lot of times, uh, you know, using ice and stuff like that to allow you to move, 
you know, as long as you do it intelligently right. and it depends on the type of injury, well, it's if probably the pain better. signal is too loud, right? Yeah. yeah where, where, where ice will help to kind of uh, suppress that a bit enough, for, like you said, to allow for that mobility and that range of motion to occur, I think is an important point. Yeah. And then they find, you know, um, athletes that use uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which chemically reduce the inflammatory, uh, you know, inflammatory markers. Um, they find that athletes that use them on a regular basis don't adapt as well, so they don't build strength as well. And they're uh, later on down the road, they're at higher risk for tendon rupture and major injury because they're messing with that inflammatory signal, which is necessary. It's a necessary signal for adaptation. So mm. we always talk about inflammation, how it's this horrible, horrible, bad thing. Too much inflammation is bad, but too little is bad too. You got to have the right amount. Well, wouldn't you say too? Undulated. I mean, the the difference too. Like most most of the time, when we when we talk about inflame, we we're we're speaking more towards joints. Your joints being inflamed. Yeah, that's systemic inflammation. And soreness is typically your muscles. Like it's it's something that you'll feel in your muscles versus feeling like in your in your joints. So I think that's a kind of a generic answer. The because she's asking the difference, or he he or she is asking the difference. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I know that. She's asking the difference on inflammation and soreness, and that's. I think that would be the yeah. the easy, simpler ways to explain. Like when you're sore, you're going to feel that in your muscles, which is totally fine and normal. Yes, it is a sign of overtraining a bit. Inflammation, you're going to feel that in your joints. Also, can be very normal, but it also could be related to food too, depending mm-hmm. on your diet. Barbell Bree is asking, what do you think of popular powerlifting programs such as 5x5, 531, Juggernaut, Westside, etc.? Mm, this well, is a good question. Well, Corey, we're, of course we're fans of this. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Here's a, like, I love this question because uh, here's the thing. We talk a lot of shit about um, programming, exercise programming. The only but, one we don't talk shit yeah, about is, yeah. well, because, is legit powerlifting right. protocols. And the reason why we talk shit about programming is we're talking about uh, like general fitness routines. You know, P90X, Insanity, you know, get you in shape, burn body fat, and bodybuilding uh, workouts. Those two uh, categories of fitness programs have some of the shittiest programming ever. They're put together... Almost with no, uh, you know, with no plan or purpose or reasoning. Bodybuilding's programming is much better than the typical fitness fad programming, but it's not good either. But when you get to strength sports or activities that require like that have like metrics, like mm. measurable, yes. like I don't give a shit what your workout looks like. Did your bench press, squat, and deadlift go up? Right. Yes or no? Uh, they typically have much better scientific programming. Powerlifting programming. You know the five by five, five through one, Juggernaut, West Side, like all these different programs. Proven methods. They're they're smart programming. They're different, yeah. but there's Smolov is another one. It's great exercise programming. Olympic lifting programming is another one. Great programming. You take an Olympic coach and have him design your routine for Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. They've given you good exercise programming. Yeah. But th- unfortunately, these these are the the, the programs that are not very popular. Most people who look to get in shape don't go pick up. You know, and go to the West by West Side Barbell Club and look at their programming to try and work out. They it's go. Un- it's unfortunate though because they'd probably see more results. Way more that than they would anything else that's that's out there right now. Way more. Yeah, I know a lot of like people who are listening right now who have no intentions in competing in bodybuilding. They just want to build m- m- good muscles and get lean, and they're following the typical body part split. You know, you know, Flex Magazine bullshit routine. They do way better if they picked up a yeah. uh, powerlifting routine and just. Well, I that. think too they they really. F- focus on the intricate little pieces to each technique so one thing i was impressed like somebody was going through one of these programs and they took 
um, they basically, you know, had a protocol where they would they would pre-exhaust like uh, some contributing muscles, like say your deltoids, or uh, you know, into a, into a bench press. And so this way, that they're more focused even on just the technique of uh, pressing and keeping the bar path in line. And so you know, there's just things like that that like I think it's it it sets it apart apart from just like your your volume and, and, and just rep count and, uh, you know, like just like a machine based programming. It's, you know, when you have anything where the results tend to be very subjective, then you get a lot of fluff, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, when the results are objective, like, are you stronger or are you faster? Um, then the, then the programs tend to be whittled down to what actually works. This is true for anything. Look at martial arts. If you go take a martial art that has no full contact fighting, you're going to see a bunch of fluff and shit that doesn't really work in self defense. You go to a, you go to a boxing a bunch gym, of animal moves. Yeah, you go to you go to a boxing gym or MMA gym where they actually fight each other, and you're not going to see nearly as many techniques. But the ones you see, there's not going to be a lot of jumping. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're doing they're doing moves that actually work. When you pick up a powerlifting program, God, what a good point. It's true. You pick up look look at here's it's like the thing. five exercises. Yep, that's yeah, all. Yeah. And then and all of them or anything that you do outside of those five exercises are all small things to help you Fluff. improve those yeah. those exercises. Right, They're bro, all- bro. Let me tell you something. <laughs> right now. You yep, take bro. you take a freaking you take your typical McDojo Taekwondo or whatever martial <laughs> you know where they don't fight. Right? Tiger's claw. Where they don't they don't actually <laughs> fight. They just do they just do the moves and shit. Right. They don't they don't actually fight each other. And you put Mantis. a you put a you put a boxer in there with like two years of boxing experience. He's going to beat the crap out of people, and he has like four moves. He's got like four moves, whereas yeah. the Taekwondo guy or though. Kung Fu guy or whatever has got 50,000 different positions and kicks and hook kick and flip and hook, you know, claw move and spin kick. And Boxer's going to jab, straight, hook, and fucking uppercut you, and he's going to kick the shit out of you. You look at these programs, powerlifting, there's like five exercises. Look at MAPS Anabolic. Mm-hmm. People, when they enroll in MAPS Anabolic, the only time I've ever gotten like complaints is they'll, they'll email and be like, I don't, there's not tons of exercises on here. It's like, yeah. look, do the program and then see for yourself. And of course, at the end, they come back and be like, holy yeah. shit, I'm oh, blown okay. away by the progress. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, 50,000 different exercises, you know, written out. Right. I think there was another piece to this question that was, it, it kind of was like, well, you know, if you, and, and how would you guys add to these programs? Something like that along those lines. Well, that's a perfect example. That would be uh, MAPS Performance and MAPS right. Aesthetic. Yes. I, I the, was going to say, so there, there's, there's, you know, there's other things I, I would incorporate that, you know, besides just trying to, to max out on PRs or like achieve these specific skills of these lifts. Now, what are other skills I can achieve? Yeah. You know, so we'd have to program that out. Well, this is also why too, we, we highly recommend everybody. The RGB bundle is going through all three programs is no matter what your goal is, whether it be strength based, whether it be performance based, whether it be aesthetic, they all play a significant role in the overall development of that. And they all have carryovers to the other one. But we also do believe that there is a, a order of operation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I will and say the order of operation doesn't mean that you can't do it another way. It means that the, the most bang for your buck would to be to focus on like maps anabolic, which is very similar to these type of programs where you're doing these these basic movements, but you're learning to perfect those movements, get very good at those. They're the biggest bang for your buck movements. 
Then you move over and you get into performance, which now you start doing in these multi-planar things, a lot more proprioception involved. There's a lot a lot of stuff that's going on. Advanced. Mobility work. Yeah, a lot more mobility work that's happening. And then you go into aesthetic, and now here comes all your little fancy moves and shit that everybody likes to sell their programs around, where there's a place for all those things, and everybody should experience all of them and phase in and out of all of them. So. Yeah. I'll say this, though, about powerlifting. Powerlifting, uh, because it's a competitive sport, They've done a pretty good job of evolve. Um, mm-hmm. Powerlifters are the ones that introduced using bands and chains. You see a lot more powerlifters. Powerlifters use kettlebells. When kettlebells came onto the scene, mm-hmm. no powerlifter used the kettlebell. Kettlebells were like they were out there. You know, uh, you, there were cup competitions in Russia for kettlebells. They became popular here. Powerlifters do what works, and they saw that lifting with kettlebells and certain lifts right. improved their deadlifts and their squats and their presses. So they started using, uh, utilizing them. Oh, it fortified and, the integrity of their joints, it, and they're like, you know, they, they saw a massive improvement yeah, in their lifts. Exactly. And mobility work, powerlifters, they could do more mobility work. I think a lot of them get caught up in the just doing the lifts, yeah. you know, aspect. That would be the one thing I'd see. I would say they should add, but they still, they still, yeah. you can see them trying. You know, what I mean? do see a lot. Yeah, of like adding more and more sleeves and more and more wrists, you know, straps and and belts and all these. Like they're trying to engineer all these other ways yeah. to gain performance instead of addressing, you know, the root of, uh, you know, what needs to be fortified. Yeah. Well, that. luckily, uh, there's a movement that's been growing now for a little while in powerlifting, which is to grow uh, the raw. Uh, organizations to yeah. lift raw. Yeah. Raw raw means I like that. Yeah. yeah, raw means you're wearing a belt typically. Um some there's even a lot of competitions coming out where you wear nothing. Yeah. But raw typically means you just wear a weight belt because for a while there powerlifting got really fucking scientific with the squat oh, yeah. you suit. Get, you get the whole suit, yeah, bench with the elastic, shirt and, yeah, shirt, yeah. Oh, and you got to learn how to use it and there's a technique to using I it. I would love to use all that just to see to see how much <laughs> it helped. Bro, it would take It was you who told me that. Dude, you'll add a lot of weight. Well, didn't you guys both lips. didn't you guys both tell me that if I start cuz I don't I've never even squatted before with knee sleeves and you said like oh, oh you'll add like you'll add 20 pounds or so to your squat. Yeah. If you but you here's the thing when you use these things, you have to learn how to use them. It's not like I could put a bench shirt on you, of course. and then you're going to go bench much more weight. Once you learn how to use them, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, just look at the look at the totals. Look at the the world record raw for bench press, squat, and deadlift, and look at the world record equipped uh, with you know bench shirts, sleeves, and all that shit. Yeah. The one, the only lift that is close in raw and equipped is deadlift because there's not much you could wear. With a deadlift, that's going to give you that much of a uh, help. Other than a belt, right? Yeah, well, or wrist your wrist straps. straps. Yeah, well, wrist they they, they do have they don't allow wrist wraps in any powerlifting, oh, okay. but they do have like these suits, these deadlift suits that'll add a little bit to your deadlift. But like a squat, a, a fucking squat suit, knee wraps, yeah, uh, or a bench shirt. Oh my god, a bench shirt. You use a bench shirt properly, you can add a, like a, a uh, shit ton of weight to your bench. That's what I was thinking. Some of these most, bench yeah. shirts are so tight that. You know, I'll go. You you get a guy you who's going to pull it into your chest. They huh? can't even touch their yeah, chest. No, with the bar. Yeah, I've seen guys take a second guy to put it on him. Yeah, you know, one guy's like, s- yeah. sticking it, sticking it on. And you could just tell it's so it's like a rubber band they're putting on him. You know? Yeah, so, and it's like they're lifting so much weight that their joints can't handle because they have these bench shirt on. That's you'll inter- these guys will get interviewed and they'll say that it feels like their bones are bending because Damn. it's like I'm you know they're benching you know eight hundred nine hundred pounds and it felt like their their bones were bending, but it's like. You know, the shirt. The shirt is giving you all the support. (laughs) Crazy. Yikes. Hayden R., what is your take on kin stretch? Fucking awesome. I don't know what that is. FRC. Oh, I see. Why don't you break it down, one of you guys? 
That's uh, I, and I always pronounce his name wrong. Is it uh, is he is Doctor Spinet the the like the one who started the name, or is Ken Stretch actually the the type of stretching that FRC falls under? That's a, yeah. See, that's uh, I'm not I'm not sure if it's uh, I know he's definitely had uh, uh you know adopted that into his system. So I don't know if the, like he created that or somebody else created it and he brought it into his system. I I, I can't you know voice that, but it's definitely legit. Uh, I'll, try, I'll, try concept. And, I'll try and look it up. So what is it? Yeah. How does it work? Because I probably, between the three of us, know the least amount uh, so it, of this. Yeah, it's basically really just focusing. That's nice of you finally admit Yeah, that. The, the, on that intrinsic uh, intrinsic force and that intrinsic te- tension. So um, basically taking your body through um, particular ranges of motion where – Say, um, you know, I, I'm I'm lifting up my leg in a bent position, and um, it I'm creating, I, I'm I'm assessing how much uh, tension I can even create to lift uh, certain limbs In, up. intrinsically without intrinsically. Yeah, it's not yeah. passive. You're not using any tools. This is all. This is all. Uh, this is all. Our yeah, Doctor Brink. Brink took us through this. this. Is Dr. Oh, Brink. so okay. Everything he takes you through. That's that's like this is total FRC. Or cancer. pressing, yeah, pressing your joints or, or like your knees into the ground or your ankles or you know in, in a specific position like the ninety ninety for instance, uh, and then just assessing how much. Um, how much force you can even produce because if you can't produce the force that means you're not connected therefore you know you're not going to be as mobile and supported so would this be I'm trying to make a get a simple example here I, let's say I got uh, it for you if you don't. let's say I'm going to do a hamstring stretch and my traditional uh, static stretch would be just bend over touch my toes and gravity's helping me right mm-hmm. versus uh, lifting one of my legs up um, and using my hip flexors on my body to stretch my hamstring and using that tension or would it be touching my toes and, and forcing myself down using my strength to get myself down? Or is both of those considered? Yeah, both of those are considered that. More I, FRC. Yeah. I think a better example would be something That's like this. like PNF. Yeah. Okay. Well, a better example would be uh, to putting your body in like these positions that we no longer move in, it, in this plane. So like the 90-90 puts you in this plane where your hips are, are contorted in, a, in a, a direction, your torso is in one direction. And then while you're in that, in that, in that position, now can I take my heel and press it against the ground, my knee press it against the ground? Mm-hmm. Can I get my toes to wiggle and move? Like it's, it's cause it's, you're working on your neurological right. connection uh, in right. different planes that our body should be able to move in because we have the, the joint mobility to do it. We have the, the, uh, you have the ability. With, yeah, it's with, assessing your abilities like, yeah. all the way down to your digits, like your, your fingers, your toes, your ankle, you know, uh, you know, knee, like just all like depending on um, what what you haven't used and what's dormant, like that'll be very strikingly obvious. I see. I see. Um, it's really working on the neurological connection, well, connecting I mean, the body and all these different these different planes. And there's also the ramping up phase, too, which I like about it, where like even um, you know, Dr. Brink was taking us through and like, you know, you ramp up 20 percent, you know, st- 40, 60, 80, oh, in terms 100%. Of your intensity. Right, in terms of intensity. Like, most people, like, I mean, that's a hard concept to even think about. Like, how do I squeeze my body harder, 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 harder? And the thing is, like, it depending, like, a lot of times when we're working out, we're depending on the load to create this environment, Oh, right? I see what you're saying. To, to you want to uh, create this tension overcome, without- Yeah, mm-hmm. overcome the stimulus versus, like, with kin stretch, I'm trying to produce that type of environment and to overcome uh, or, or to basically uh, uh, get my muscles to react in the same way as if I had this very intense load upon me. Well, here's the thing. So, if you if you move in, if someone moves you in a stretch or you move in a stretch, but you're not connected to that stretch, 
you're improving your range of motion without strength within that range of motion, which isn't doing you right that much benefit. Uh, you're actually, if anything, you're in, you're making yourself more unstable because now you have a larger range of motion mm-hmm. without strength within that range of motion, and right. that's how you get except injured. for maybe at the ends of 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 the range of motion or lift. Yeah. Right? So this is taking you through. Uh, each uh, like very slight incremental process of that. Uh, I see. And so like taking time. So, you know, uh, j- just basically taking like your limbs through the range of motion very slowly, very precisely. So you, you're in max tension uh, throughout the entire range of motion and then you rest. So this is what Dr. Brink took us through? So yeah. that was exhausting. So it, it, Very exhausting. And it is connected to FRC. So I'm reading it right now to so we don't uh, fucking give all this bad information. Good, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, kin stretch is basically an effort to put the FRC principles meant for one-on-one instructions into a class format. Okay. So that's what the, the definition of kin stretch would be taking FRC principles, which is Dr. Spinet. I'm, and I apologize if I know I always uh, pronounce it. I know. I always say it wrong, too. Yeah. So it's taking his principles, uh, which is FRC, putting it in a class format. So an analogy would be similar to like a yoga type setting, only with a little bit more intention mm. uh, with the connectability and, and focusing on that. So I, I guess if this person's asking what we think about that, because it's in a class setting, uh, okay, so my take on that is it's a little it's a little less a little less uh, powerful or impactful because it's in a class setting because mm-hmm. but I still think it's awesome you know but I also think yoga is awesome yeah. I think yoga is awesome I think all those well if you go in and you're self assessing exactly right, right. Yeah. so I mean if you go in with that mentality it's a beautiful thing uh, especially if you pay attention and, and you have a good instructor that can kind of cue you as to what to pay attention to. Excellent, excellent point. Because that's, if I were to go, if personally, if I were to go through a kin stretch class and, uh, you know, like Dr. Brink was taking me through, I would be, as he's teaching, I'd be really paying attention to the stuff that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. And then I'd want to dive deeper into that versus, you know, just getting in this, like doing, and not that the class, doing the class over and over is going to help you. I mean, you're, they're going to put you through moves that I'm sure you're going to find a few of them in there that your body is going to benefit from, but you always do better one-on-one. Yeah, you would, because you would, you would find the, cause everybody's going to have these areas, right. Where, uh, they are like hypermobile or they have great connectivity because genetically they just were or they're whatever their whatever their uh, job was that they've done for years and years has allowed them to stay connected well. And then there's going to have other positions that they completely fail at or are terrible at. And those are the areas that you want to, to, to focus. on. You know, it's funny that uh, an, uh, a practice as old as yoga, because old as yoga has been around for a very, very long time, that they understood this. Mm-hmm. Because when you do yoga, uh, if you or do Tai Chi, bro, if, like, well, yeah, tai chi. well, if you yeah. do proper yoga, if you go take a real proper yoga class taught in the traditional way, they teach you about all this. They teach you about your intention. There's a line of energy coming up through the top of your head and make sure you, ex- you press out against the edges of your mat or you, you know, they're constantly talking about this intention and tension throughout these positions, which is why. Getting gaining flexibility through yoga is superior through than getting yoga uh, flexibility just through static stretching. I've had many people come in who've done yoga properly, and I'm just blown away by how much more functional the flexibility is versus someone who just stretches. You know what I'm saying? Well, kin kin stretch to me, or you know, FRC in this case, I think is the future of like, and that's why we are so excited to be you know tying ourselves to Doctor Brink is because this is where you know, chiropractic physical therapy is really going to evolve and change because as of right now, they focus on like getting you back to just being able to move and, and sending you along where 
he really addresses the root cause of why you have these these poor recruitment patterns mm-hmm. and tries to teach you how to fix that you know right. and 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 then then the the side effect of that is it's going to help whatever injury or whatever thing that you were battling from because you're learning to move properly well and then i think a, another important thing to add is that uh you know and i think you've you've checked this before as far as like this becoming a fad and a, a you know something that's going to grow a lot of legs as far as like the one and only thing to be doing in the gym, which is not the case, is a, an insanely good tool. You know that's coming, right? I know and, that, and I, and I, I, and I know there's shit, Instagram like- people that all they do is this shit, and you know, God bless them for now for trying to get it, you know, in people's heads. But at the same time, you know, get we we can't get away from weights. That that's proven to work. You know, this is like a very important thing that we need to keep on the regular. Uh, however, I do highly believe this is something we do need to keep on the regular as well. So oh. this is an introduction to something that is a powerful tool that that needs to be brought into everybody's workouts. 100%. Exciting. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, go on iTunes, search Mind Pump, click on reviews, leave us a five-star rating and review. If we like your review, if we consider it to be one of the better ones, we will send you a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, check out all of our programs, uh, our RGB bundle giveaway, where we're giving away maps uh, anywhere with the RGB bundle, uh, so long as you enroll in the forum. It's going to be ending very, very soon. That's at mindpumpmedia.com. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram at mindpumpradio. You can find me at mindpumpsal. Adam is at mindpumpadam. And Justin is at mindpumpjustin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic, nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.